I guess the getting around is pretty much over. Hello, everyone. Podcast. What are you, fucking retarded? The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are reflections of I'm Not a Rapper, MBMMC, Dollar Tree, Black Hitler, Food Stamps, Tyler Perry, KFC, and the Jewish people. Ojis. Introduce our host first. I'm Kevin. I'm Mr. Blair, soon to be Mr. Silent. <laughs> um, you ain't uh, never been silent. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm from that day. Really, Bruce Wayne? I'm Dark Knight. No, you're Robin. Dark you're Robin John Blake. Awesome. That's who you're. <laughs> you're Robin John Blake. <laughs> no, it's Rashad. Rashad. No, it depends on what you want to call me today. All right, now Melissa. And we have two guests today who like to introduce themselves. Yeah, I'm Al Hunter, and I'm Vernon Ray. Hello, Vernon Ray. How are you doing? <laughs> he says that my politician. I'm Vernon Ray. Move <laughs> <Boom> for me. You're all pound. Hey man, twenty second district. Oh man, you tend to talk a little different when you're in front of a microphone. Trust me when I tell you. That's like rappers, man. They tend to go a little harder. Interview voice. You should get interview voice. He has radio voice. Yeah, he's like very key in the business. Quiet storm. Hello, this is Vernon Ray. A lot of bass, a lot of bass, right? He should go on the smooth jazz one and on. Day and night. It's vibrating through the speaker. 2 a.m. Babies go to sleep while listening to his voice. How about that? Wow. Y'all get me. Y'all get me. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. You got another nap? Have another nap. I don't even go by yet. I was just going right in. They're all friends of yours, right? Yeah. We want to do this. We want to. I'm a new guy. I don't know anything. I'll be wearing something. I got a face now. I'll put you up again. You're next. Don't worry about so we got no picks, no picks. Oh man! I, um, so tell us what you do about your, like what your profession is. And well, like I said, I'm Vernon Ray, and uh, I'm a photographer, uh, videographer, as well. Uh, I've been shooting for three years professionally. Um, hmm. How you get nervous in front of a microphone? But because <laughs> you're behind the camera. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm so used to being behind the camera. It's crazy, man. You know, but spotlight on me now. Full head, super shiny today. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been I've been doing photography professionally for three years. Love it. I do uh, more event photography than anything. Um, I started off in the clubs, just uh, kind of shadowing a friend of mine, and um, he kind of introduced me to the game. And now, at this point, you know, I'm in a position to kind of put other people in position mm-hmm. and um, help out, teach. Um, man, why do I feel nervous? Do I need to do some push-ups or something? <laughs> yeah. uh, I had a red ball now. I'm like, like a little bit. I'm going to help you. So, <laughs> what's up? I'm going to help you. I'm going to tell you what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you what you do. See, he said he was going to shut up. Right, right. So, he's he tapping the table it's with like three that. fingers and everything. <laughs> my time to shine. So, since I know, you know, your work. So, yeah. what, pretty much, you said you started out in the club. I didn't really know that. What yeah. That transition from the club to professional studio photographer. With the reason why I say I started in the club is because that that helped launch the uh, professional side. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, I really, you know, I really began everything in a uh, starting with a magazine. But you know, it took me straight to event photography. Like I just kind of fell into position over there. And um, you know, when when I started doing the clubs, it just allowed me to learn or, or gain the ability. To be able to work with people, mm-hmm. you know, figure out how to move through a crowd, what to capture, uh, what not to capture, <clears throat> how to just, you know, conduct yourself in, in a more professional manner. 
and now from the uh, from the club, I took it to the private events, the corporate events, and um, just being able to to show other guys, you know how how to how to carry themselves in those in those situations. So it's 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 just been a trying it's just been a trying trying time, you know, going through those transitions, but. At the same time, and loving what you do, and 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 just learning as much as you can learn while you're doing what you love, it's a beautiful thing. I know I didn't even answer your question. <laughs> I want to get you to the. I'm point. warming up, baby. That was a cup. That was ten right there. That was ten push-ups right there. That's the nervous energy. Yeah, you gotta get it out. Get it all out. Well, Mr. Hunter, please tell you know our listeners what do you exactly do? Yeah. Well, I'm a. Uh, journalist and writer and an amateur musician. I was with the Philadelphia Daily News for about 17 years and there I had a jazz column. I wrote uh, feature stories and was on the editorial board. Uh, I gotta say I feel kind of odd because I must be like 30 years older than you guys. Oh, we're the same age. We're the same age. We're the same age. Uh, I just, just saying, you know. You are no one's saying. But uh, uh, <laughs> no, so this is this is this is be fun. Um, uh, and and I left the Daily News in uh, 2008 uh, mm-hmm. because I felt God wanted me to do something different. Mm-hmm. So I left and I uh, enrolled in the Cabrini College School of uh, Masters, the Masters uh, for Education. Mm-hmm. I want to become a certified teacher when it's all said and done. And so that's what I've been doing. I've been doing that part-time for now, and in the meantime, I've been able to complete uh, the book uh, called Thou Shalt Not Steal, the uh, baseball life and times of a rifle-armed Negro League catcher. It's a mouthful, but it's about it's about a, a brother named Bill Reddy Cash who played in the Negro Leagues mm-hmm. from 1943 to 1950, and he also played down south in uh, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, uh, Dominican Republic, uh, places like that. So it's his life story. He was raised in the Elmwood section of Philadelphia, and uh, which used to be called the Meadows, and uh, he also moved to West Philadelphia, 60th and Carpenter. So that's what I've been doing, and uh, um, and as far as the music is concerned, I was a volunteer at the Kids School in North Philadelphia mm-hmm. for about a year and a half. Uh, I play flute, so I was helping the flute students and also some of the uh, other woodwind students uh, with uh, their instruments and uh, helping to direct the band there. So now. I have a question about the, your book. Because uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, as a very interesting, you know, I guess, person to decide to, hey, I'm going to write a book, you know, after this person. What, what was, like, how did you come up with that? Like, what actually went through your mind saying, hey, I wish I had this grand story to tell you that I was in bed one day and suddenly <laughs> this thing came to me and I, man, I gotta do a book. But uh, what happened was uh, some of my writings in the Daily News have been uh, followed by a distant relative of mm-hmm. Mr. Cash's. Mm-hmm. And she called me and said that her cousin uh, had a story that he wanted to tell. He was with the Negro Leagues and he wanted to get his story out there. Mm-hmm. So she arranged for us to meet at a hotel restaurant and uh, Bill and I met and uh, we clicked and so that's how we got going with it and it was a good. It was a good project. Maybe for about a year or so, I went to his house once a week, sat down, had the tape recorder going, and taking notes. And he would tell me his stories, and I'd get it all down, and then have to uh, put it together in a, in a nice little little book. I think that's you know, I think that's beautiful. I feel like more stories. You know, stories and pictures need to be, you know, showed of our elders. The challenge, especially in our culture today, is old people aren't respected. Exactly. Uh, and, 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 and so sometimes when you're talking about, I mean, Mr. Cash was 92 years old when he passed. He just passed last September. Uh, but but he, uh, he he had a great life. But but what happens often is when, when the folks hear about older people, it, we're not geared to appreciate that. We're geared to the young. I mean, you can see that in our advertising. You can see it in our marketing. We don't want the older folks, uh, although that may be changing now because older people are living longer, so they still got more money. But, but we, we, we want the younger folks. We go after the young people because that's that's who we want to emulate. We don't want to grow old. There's so many skin creams out there to keep you from getting age wrinkles and all this other stuff. And you got pills that keep you going when you, know, you shouldn't be going. You know what I mean? <laughs> so so, so we're, we're, we're in love with our, our youth culture, uh, uh, so it's hard to get... Uh, uh, stories like Mr. Cash is out there, mm-hmm. uh, but but we're doing it slowly but surely, getting it out there. Thank you, right. uh, sure. Well, Just call me Al. You, okay. you make right. me feel old. <laughs> 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 See, there it is. Yeah. 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 
but I appreciate that. Burn it. Well, back to you, brother. I'd like to know, what were some of your inspirations into, you know, being a photographer, getting into this industry? Being able to show that the impossible is possible. You know, mm-hmm. of course, of course, me and you, we already know each other personally, yeah. and you know, I went away for a while, and mm-hmm. um, being away, being away, meaning I got, I was incarcerated for um, three years, and um, being away, I came home feeling like, feeling like I was just like left behind, so it was like a catch-up game for me. So I kind of had to work twice as hard to even, you know, just survive as a normal person would survive, because when it came to getting jobs and. and and um, just people kind of looking at you outside of what you've done or what they see on paper, you know, that was really, really hard. So, you know, I just I just wanted to show people that it can be done. It was possible. I wanted to prove that to not only just the people, but myself mm-hmm. and and just showing that having faith in God and also yourself, you know, what I mean, would take you a long way. You know, I just didn't I wasn't going to be that statistic that everybody kind of thought yeah. or, or would assume or just look at you as being coming home from jail. You know, I've been home for four years, been doing photography professionally for three, and haven't been locked up or any police contact since I've been home. Uh, six months after I came home, I got a job. Literally just, you know, made up my mind and said, I'm not going back. You know, and, and, and everybody that knows me knows I'm an artist. I used to draw in high school. I was just one of the, uh, kind of an art prodigy, I would say, because of the, of, of the attention I was getting, the awards and the uh, the um, uh, um, the scholarships I was getting as in high school, you know, they thought I was just gonna be this big old Picasso type. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it, that, that didn't happen, but I still cashed a little. Uh, you still draw? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Not really as much as I did, but the point I was getting at was I wanted to find a new way or a different way to be able to to express myself creatively. And that's where photography came in. You know, I was like, I'm going to make money painting and drawing. You know, I'm not dead. Like, you know, most artists make money when they after they die, right? So what's the point of even making money? You already did. But, you know, I just, I was looking at it like that. So I'm like, I'm very, very talented. Not to be saying it like that, but you got to acknowledge yourself as being as being good before anybody else can. You're your number one supporter. Exactly. When I tell you I stood on a mountain of nose just to hear one yes. I was going to Orleans Tech. This is how I really started. I was going to Orleans Tech. Um, I was working at, uh, at as a maintenance supervisor. I had a little truck. Well, actually, I didn't get the truck just yet. But um, uh, I was stopping down at the uh, Father's Initiative. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. It was at 8th and Market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I went there as well. Like, I went through all the different um, reentry programs and stuff like that. Um, I stopped there to visit, go through, say hi, let them know my progress or whatever. I met a friend that I was actually locked up with. I'm like, yo, what's up? He had a little chain on, glistening, just looking like he was a star. Like, he get money. I'm like, what you doing? Like, yeah, you know, I'm next door doing a photo shoot. Photo shoot. Had my little camera in my bag. I'm like, photo shoot? Who you doing a photo shoot with? He's like, yeah, this magazine called uh, Philly Bread Magazine. Let me take you over there. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, all right, back. Take me over there. We go over there, man. I'm like, yo, this is a condo. This joint nice. We go in there. The cool air just hits you right away. All this sweat <laughs> went away. So I hit the elevator. We go to the seventh floor. I hear the music. I'm like, mm. It's John. It sounds like it's official. I go in there. It's models half naked doing this, doing that. <laughs> Pictures. I mean, it's flashes going. You got you got uh, different artists in there. You got um, let me see. You got a music studio just coming. It was just like it was overwhelming, man. I just was like, wow, this is really it. This is what's really going on. So I'm like, who can I talk to? I would like to be involved. All overall, I ended up getting invited to the meeting. And um, I was just in, and that's when it all just started taking off. People started acknowledging the stuff that I was doing because I was around more. I started just implementing, you know, my time just showing people, like, look, this is what it is. And for those that didn't have the confidence to do what they love, you know what that did for them, man? It inspired them. I mean, when I didn't even know the power of inspiration until I started inspiring, man. I think that's very commendable. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Really appreciate uh, it. So, uh, uh, mm-hmm. it's weird me saying, I'm so used to saying Mr. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, what inspired you to become a teacher? To want to change your whole occupation and say, hey, you know, I want to really focus on, you know, teaching our youth. Like, well, during my career, I've been, I had been asked to do a lot of career days. Mm-hmm. He'd go into the schools and he'd say, you know, my name is Mr. Hunter. I'm a reporter. This is what I do. And you, and you speak to a lot of kids. Uh, in, in the classrooms, uh, 
I did a lot of that, and and I also, and I think what really pushed me over was when I was with the editorial board. Mm-hmm. One of my beats and one of the areas I was supposed to cover uh, was education. So I went to a lot of the school board meetings and saw how things were operating and, and, and had a chance to talk to a lot of the administrators and and, and it just seemed to be something lacking, and I and I thought that perhaps I could add what's missing. And I know there is the the uh, the whole uh, reality of the lack of black male teachers yeah. in our school districts. And I, I realized that, but I also realized there's this uh, there's an important need for people who care about education to be in education. Mm-hmm. And so that's what prompted me to go in this direction. Um, and, and you know it's funny. Very much talking about uh, how difficult it is when you get out of jail, and and I had a relative who had the same situation. But what I found, and I think that's something he shares with Vernon, is this determination, this drive. Because uh, I mean, I, I did a lot of editorials on these programs for uh, prison after prisoners get released and trying to help them to find jobs, mm-hmm. um, and I wrote a lot about that. But I realized the thing that's really important is the determination that a person has because they, they can do it. I mean, uh, the person I'm talking about, he was out just for a few months and he got a job. And it's been boom, boom, boom. And now he's smooth. It's smooth sailing. He's married, taking care of, of – of, uh, he has some uh, children, taking care of them. I mean, everything is di- – but I think a lot depends on the determination within the individual. Uh, the individual. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's really important. And I think it goes to your profession as well. As well. You know, you, you shooting and or it's writing or if it's if it's uh, singing you know it's really a drive that has to put you over it's not automatic you know it's not a gimme it's not like you show up and you, people should love you uh it's 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 a lot of hard work he was talking about how he wasn't making a whole lot of money but he loved what he was doing mm-hmm. and i think more of us have to look at success that way i mean i mean now again culture our culture says success means money right. if you're not on the Forbes top 100 you ain't nothing you know if you're not a sports athlete making a million 25 million dollars you ain't nothing but the, the important thing I and this is what I've been finding out as I've been going along is that it's it's what's in your heart if you're doing what makes you happy and if you're doing what you think is important it'll get out there mm-hmm. and and it'll it'll bring uh, success what you know not necessarily monetarily but Inspiration, uh, uh, satisfaction. I know with my book, I was rejected. You know, the manuscripts go out, and and the, the, the uh, traditional publishers are telling you, no, his name's not big enough. No, it's nice and everything. You should try this. Okay, so then I tried the academic press, and they were like, okay, well maybe we'll do it, but we want to change this, we want to change that, we want to change this. They give you pennies, you know, for royalties. And after a while, I just said, look, I want this story is important. Let's put it out there. So I took. A, uh, several thousand dollars into putting the, the, the book out. Uh, done it, I did it through CreateSpace, and those of you who want to be writers, CreateSpace.com, that's the hookup. I mean, you can either do it for free if you want to do everything yourself, cover, blah, blah, or they charge you a little bit for each piece of the, of the of project. But it was just a determination that Bill's story was important enough to get out there. I won't make any money. I'll probably lose a lot of money, but the purpose wasn't for money. The purpose mm-hmm. was to get a history out there and, and so people could enjoy it and learn from it and build stories out there. So that's success to me. You know, yeah. that, that's really success to me. Where can you know, our listeners you know, find your information, contact them, make sure they will buy your book, you know, some photography support. or sets, support. Facebook. Where, you know, Twitter, Facebook, are you guys on there? You know, please yeah. share. I'm, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, and uh, Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Vernon Ray. Uh, check out my like page at Creative Mind Productions. That's Creative Mind Productions on uh, Facebook. It's all spelled well. the correct way. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, on Twitter as well as Instagram, it is uh, at Mister, which is M R underscore C M P underscore. That's at Mister. Underscore CMP underscore. Just want to make sure that everybody got it. CMP stands for Creative Mind Productions. That's what CMP stands for. And as um and also keep a lookout on Facebook and any any other social network. You'll see CMP photos on a lot of photos, and you'll be surprised. Mm-hmm. You'll be like, oh, I've seen this before. But CMP photos, Creative Mind Productions is in effect. Please support. Oh, you also got to look out for the awesome lifestyle tank tops my man Corey Madison been working really really hard 
trying to get these out here. So, you know, just support a positive movement. Um, it's nothing but positivity coming from this way and inspirational uh, stuff. <laughs> so, um, thank y'all. And I'm just going to pass the mic. Yeah, I can be, uh, you can find uh, my information at uh, Ready to Play Ball. That's R E A D Y T O. B-A-L-L dot com. That's www.readytoplayball.com. That's the website for the book. Yes. It's got the biographical information of Mr. Cash and myself, as well as where you can buy the, the, the book. It's in, uh, I like to say it's in uh, selected bookstores, but the, uh, they're the ones who would allow me to have the book on display, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> which is fine. It, it, it's, it's fine. A couple in, in West Philadelphia, and it's also in some stores in Delaware and some stores down south uh, in Georgia and, and in Alabama. Um, and also there is a Facebook page for the book. It's Thou Shalt Not Steal is the name of the Facebook page. And uh, you can get updates and things like that there. So, uh, so that's, that's it. And, and, and uh, you know, you can, uh, I have an email address if you're interested in that. It's uh, ALHJR24 at Yahoo. That's uh, ALHJR24 at Yahoo. So we'll be right back. Is that the one fighting for your soul? Are your brothers the one that you're running from? But if you got money, forget the level songs. Oh God. Whoa. Okay, ain't nobody fucking with my click. Click, 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 click. Ain't nobody fresher than my mug, mug. Click, 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 click. As I look around, they don't do it like my click. Click, 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 click. And all these bad, bad men, they want the, they want the, the B-I-G. Oh God. Tell a bad bitch, do whatever I say My block behind me like I'm coming out the driveway It's grind day from Friday to next Friday I've been up straight for nine days, I need a spy day yep. She try and give me that Poo-Tang I might let my crew bang, my crew deep in it Wu-Tang I'm rolling with her, girl you know my crew name You know 2 chains. I'm pulling up in that Bruce Wayne But I'm the, I'm the feeling, man, they kneeling When I'm walking in the building Freaky women I be feeling From the bank accounts I'm feeling What a feeling, no Oh, man, ain't got a feel Young player from the D that's killing okay. everything that he see for the go Click, 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 oh, click, click Ain't nobody fresher than my mom, mom Click, 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 click As I look around, they don't do it like my click Click, 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 click And all these bad, bad men, they want the They want the They want the Stick them up yeah, I'm talking yeah. Yeah, I'm talking re. Yeah, I'm talking B. And I'm talking me. Yeah, I'm talking bossy. I ain't talking Khalees. Your money too short, you can't be talking to me. Yeah, I'm talking LeBron. We ball on our family tree. Good music, drug dealing cousin, ain't nothing with we. Me, turn that 62 to 125, 125 to a 250. 250 to a half a man, ain't nothing nobody could do with me. Now, who with me? Dominoes, call me Hove or Hefe. Translation, I'm the hish. Least that's what my neck say. At least that's what my checks say Lost my homie for a decade Break it down for like 12 years Ain't hugging son since the second grade Uh, he never told Who we gon' tell? We top of the totem pole It's the dream team Meets the supreme team And all our eyes green It only means okay, one thing You ain't fucking with the click Click, 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 click Ain't nobody fresher than my mom, mom Click, 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 click As I look around, they don't do it like my click Click, 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 click And all these bad, bad men They want the They want the They want the Break records to Louie Eight breakfast of Gucci My girl a superstar All from her home movie Bow on our arrival The un-American idols When niggas didn't pass Got them hanging off the Eiffel Yeah, I'm talking business We talking CIA I'm talking George Tennant I seen him the other day He asked me about my Maybach Think he had the same Except my tenant And it might have been rented You know white people Get money, don't spend it Or maybe they Get money by business I'd rather buy 80 
gold chains and go ignorant. I know Spike Lee gon' kill me, but let me finish. Blaming on a pigment, we live in no limits. Them gold masterpiece ceilings was just a figment of our imagination. MTV cribs, now I'm looking at a crib right next to where TC lives. That's Tom Cruise, whatever she accused. He wasn't really drunk, he just had fruit brews. Past the refreshments, a cool, cool beverage. Everything I do need a news crew's presence. Speedboat swerve, homie, watch out for the waves. I'm way too black to burn from sun rays, so I just met Meditated at the home in Pompeii About how I could build a new Rome in one day Every time I'm in Vegas They screaming like he's Elvis But I just wanna design hotels and nail it It's Israel, got me feeling Israelian Like Bar Raffaella, Giselle, no that's Brazilian Went through deep depression when my mama passed Suicide, what kind of talk is that? But I've been talking to God for so long that if you look at my life, I guess he talking back with my click. Ain't nobody fresher than my mom, click. As I look around, they don't do it like my click. And all these bad, bad men, they want the, they want the. things about technologies, I think sometimes it can move a lot faster than we're prepared to move with it. And and uh, I think that's the case with the Kindle and the Nook and, and uh, the iPads. I mean, it, <coughs> excuse me, it, those devices are, are wonderful in terms of portability, in terms of being able to uh, get something that you write out to the public very, very quickly. Um, and now we're seeing that there's the issue is about pricing books on 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 those on the Kindles and the the iPads and trying to find a way because traditional publishers now they're kind of spinning their heads are spinning because they don't know how to handle this. I mean, this was something that they didn't see or they should have seen it, but they didn't take any action to prepare for it down the road. The same thing with newspapers. I mean, now all of a sudden newspapers are losing and shutting down. It's like uh, they really didn't adapt to the times. And I think now uh, readers and publishers have to adapt to the times concerning the Kindle and the ebook. I don't think it's, it's ruined anything. I, I think what it's done is it's forced us to take another look at how we put books out and and how much people are willing to pay for books because I've had people I have my book on Kindle and I've had people when I was out uh, trying to uh, introduce people to the book when they see the price of the Kindle version is two ninety nine <laughs> versus the uh, hardbound version, which is a, which is eleven dollars ninety five cents, they'll say, you know, I'll wait to, to download it on my Kindle. Uh, and for me, like with Kodak, Kodak didn't adapt either, and they have the same problem. Like it's like they're running into that how easy it is. There's no. There's no overhead. There's no print cost. You can just put it out. Uh, digitally and it's a lot cheaper it's the same thing with the music industry like all these mm-hmm. industries fit in the day mm-hmm. fast enough, and now they're trying to play catch up. Yes, yeah, you're right. And the thing about Kodak, what I found interesting was uh, just a few years ago. I mean, Kodak was the place to go to for yeah. film, yeah. for you know, old school film. I mean, 36 millimeters and 24. Now they had they shut down that division, and and they're going now mostly with the cameras, and because they they you don't need film. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And, but but they should have seen this coming. Yes. But they they got locked into the old ways of doing things, and and thinking that oh well, this is just a trend that'll pass us by. Yeah, but they held on to, to 
uh, the wrong pay. They did that. Block, Blockbuster did it too. Remember, you could oh, yeah. rent the videos and stuff. And now, back in the day, that was the place to go to. You rushed up West Coast video. All those guys, they they a lot of them did not adapt to what was down the road. So now you got people like uh, Redbox. We get about. That's what I was about to say. You have a problem now. Is Redbox is even like they even have a problem. Netflix came out and they adapted quickly. Yes, where, yes they did. Yeah. Uh, uh, you could mail, uh, they, they would mail you DVDs mm-hmm, and you send mm-hmm, them back and all mm-hmm. that. And now nobody, uh, uh, I guess Netflix through it through, uh, uh, through the mail anymore. Now they just go online. No, I pick it, right, right. Like that was the easiest way for them to remain relevant because Redbox is going to be irrelevant soon because right. it's in, uh, like, like it still requires travel. Uh, you got to go get mm-hmm, it and bring mm-hmm, it back. back right, it right. requires all that That's good point, right. It's not, it's not as easy as just going online and streaming. No, you're right. But all those are examples of the technology that getting ahead of us and, and, and us trying to catch up to it. And, and especially with the, the print area, when we're talking about books, we're talking about newspapers, where uh, the portability of those devices make it simpler to carry and you can read books or whatever on your planes or buses or what have you without having to stretch it out. So um, I don't... I think what the biggest challenge is for the companies to learn how to utilize those that technology better and start looking down the road as opposed to feeling that they've they've got something them to all to themselves and they don't have to worry about making the making the changes. For writers and the other point I'd like to make is that for writers this new technology has been a has been great because Whereas before you had to go through traditional publishers to get your book published, you can go straight to ebooks. You can write it and send it, and you're published, quote unquote. Uh, now, to me, the big difference is your quality. I think you really need to take the time to edit your work and not just think, oh, well, you know, I got this story and write it down and ship it and, and then wonder why nobody's buying it. Uh, you really have to put the time and, and in some cases, the money into getting that. That the manuscript edited, and if any, if I had any advice for writers who want to be published, it's make sure if you have to spend money, make sure you spend it on the editing of your of your manuscript. Uh, uh, you can't, you can't. There's nothing worse than reading a manuscript with a bunch of of typos, with a bunch of of, of paragraphs that don't connect together. Just to say, oh, I got a book out there, and it's called. Right. You can you can go to a lot of these bookstores, and even a lot of these books in these bookstores, they may be published, but you try to go through it, it's like, come on now, what, what is this? All over, right, right. right. Part seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, fortunately, a lot of those books are selling. Yeah. And unfortunately, I shouldn't say unfortunately. I think there's <laughs> there's room for all kinds of stuff, but I think we really need a balance. You call them the hood books. I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember when the True to the Game came out. And and that was I guess back in the the, the late nineties or something like that. And I think the sister lived in Philadelphia, uh, who who put that who put that out. But it really started that trend. And there's, there's a lot of and, it, and a lot of people enjoy those books. But I think it's important to balance it with something a little bit more uh, with with a, a different look, a different slant. Um, and we can do it. I mean, we, we, we can do it. And, and uh, you know, just because you put out a book with six chap- six six parts doesn't make you a great writer, you know. Uh, and, and I think we, we sometimes have that understanding that, okay, I put all this out, so I must be good, read it. Mm-hmm. And as you so well put it, you know, it was, it was junk. Yeah, and, 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 and like you said, uh, you previously stated that writers need to read. And these people that are writing these books that are in the same lane as True to the Game or they think that it is, they obviously didn't read True to the Game because True to the Game is not a bad book. Mm -hmm. But these books are like continuations of something that should have died with that book. It's like, that is, uh, uh, like, I can read Donald Goins and I read Donald Goins books and I'm not like, what is this nonsense? Like, like it makes sense to me. He, he, uh, was, a, he was a writer yeah. and, and, and Donald Goins... That's you're going back like 40, 50 years, yeah. and and uh, I remember I did a piece for the Daily News about those kind of books, and it's interesting. Those books are the ones that last. You know, I, I don't yeah. think a lot of a lot of the, the hood books are going to last because it's not just the 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 uh, uh, the scenario that makes it interesting. It's it's the writing. It's the being able to see characters grow and develop. Uh, James Baldwin, his stuff is. The, I mean, those yeah. those, and, and maybe it's not fair to compare Baldwin with with some of the more pop oriented writers but but it's important to realize that there's a reason why those books continue 
to live on and the other books just kind of die off the vine because there's not anything that's compelling about them other than maybe the cover and, and <laughs> which is always <laughs> some woman some woman this some woman that and, and with a gun right right or, or the head all cut off and all this stuff books covers look like cash money album covers from the late early 90s all, to mid right, 90s right, it's always like weird. a bunch of diamonds and the letters and all type of stuff and it doesn't right. even uh, it's like they took the um, they took the mantra of that I'm going to turn rap into my hustle and turn it into okay I'm going to take take books into my hustle so I'm going to hustle books I, I'm not really going to write good books I'm just going to put out enough of them so that people think I'm a good writer so as I can say I'm a published author mm-hmm. it's like the same thing in the music industry where if I put out enough songs right, 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 then they'll right. say I'm good even right. though you suck right, 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 right. right, right. And, and I'm going to be careful here I don't, I don't want to bad mouth because no, uh, no, I know but I'm saying, I know I know but I, th- I think it's, 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 these are my words my it's, words. it's in, well <laughs> they're my words too but but but, but I, I just want to be careful not to discourage anybody who might be interested in writing that way I, what I want to encourage is that they write thoughtfully and and with a sense of purpose and, and the purpose shouldn't be trying to make a lot of money uh, that would be nice but the purpose should be to to get a story out that that that's that's Compelling, that's understandable, and that makes sense. And it's the plot, my thing is the plot. And to like, create the literature. And so. also be business oriented, because, you know, don't just have it reach out or appeal to the hood. Have 50, 50 Shades of Grey, I see white people, black people, and all different, <laughs> suburban and urban. I see all different types of people picking up that book. You want to. You want to be so articulate and intellectual that your your stuff sells to to every demographic. Don't just make it about Quenisha and Quenene and all the rest of them. I like Blair writes short stories, and and in some of Blair's short stories, they're broken English because that's how the person is speaking. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't discredit his story, and it actually makes sense if you follow the the uh, continuation of the short stories. Mm-hmm. They all fit. Um, it's not just like, oh, he wrote this one story and this person said this word that doesn't exist, but he, like, oh, uh, uh, it's not Blair writing that. It's <laughs> this person speaking, and it's because that right, character right, right. had that it's type awesome. of... Yeah, yeah. And that takes a certain skill. It's That's not easy to put those, those, those language differences into a character and then pull out and be writing the narrative and then go back in. It takes some skill, and there's some writers who can't make that transition <laughs> and and you're kind of scratching your heads and what what huh, what does this mean really like that, right, right right so so that does things the most difficult thing was writing a british i don't know one time i wrote like a british like usually all right i have a character that he's british but sometimes like using narrators people will be telling stories about him but one time i had to write the story him as a narrator it mm-hmm. was a bitch yeah it's, 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 it's like it's, just trying to keep up the british accent how you know pretty much they they don't pronounce that some or the hard british accent they don't pronounce that h's or you know they <laughs> drop their g's off the i that was I-N-G. tough man. right right and they right, had certain right. slang they wouldn't say trouble they would say barney and you know they, they had certain <laughs> slang they would say so it was like difficult saying like so sometimes I just go back into the right the right way. I'm like, don't, 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 don't fucking no. I have to delete it. Go back to British like, era. Oh. Exactly. I'm sitting here talking in a British accent, talking to myself at the computer. So I'm like, hello. All right. All right. So yeah. Exactly. So yeah, it wasn't difficult, but it was like something you had to be conscious of like, yeah. all the time. Like, like you said, like you had to be conscious of. This character doesn't speak like this next character. This is just like us. We don't all speak the same. Something you just said, like, really speaks volumes. It sounds to me like you actually did some sort, you know what's right and wrong for a certain character, and it looks to me like you did some sort of research Mm -hmm. on the British, you know, uh, character that you you put in your story. If there's Mm -hmm. not any level of research or, you know, like, say it's out of your realm, okay, maybe... Maybe you want to write a, um, a book that talks about, you know, sex chronicles or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, get, get out of your realm and get out of your comfort and bring something else. You, If you want to, to, to have a, a bestseller, it has to be a bestseller. It has to be something that, you know, you brought to the table that appeals to everyone. Do some research. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, you're right. And and dialogue is probably one of the toughest things to get right. Dialogue is very, very hard because not only does it have to sound 
realistic, but you got to remember we're reading this too, and so just because every you can't put every um the the you know although you may think that's kind of cool, but when you're reading it, it's 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 yeah. So so making that balance between the real reality and realizing that people are reading this, it's it's dialogue is tough. It's 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 very very difficult. Even you know, and if you're going to be writing British dialogue and you're American, I mean that's that that's that's it's it's. You know, slippery, slippery slope that I'm scared of is like the, the next generation and ebooks. You say anybody can publish. I'm scared of reading a book one day and it says LOL. It's like, really? Like, yeah, really? Yeah, like, you know, Are we putting a I put that in there. my show. So, like, somebody said OMG and I had them going, like, why would you? So you're like little things like that, like little humor tidbits. I feel like I feel like my thing is the biggest way to write dialogue is observing humans. Mm-hmm. It's how people talk, you know, with, along with reading, of course. You have to read, but also observing how people uh, talk to one another. Like that's I feel like that's a, a great way to say it right. Mm-hmm. Good flowing dialogue. Just like Blair said, from, from my personal experience, what I have gotten from these authors from their mouth is that uh, uh, this is what they expect of us. So why wouldn't I cater to my demographic? And they don't use the other uh, word demographic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> clarification, but but it's like this is what they expect of us. So why would I try to go for some people who, who I know aren't going to read my book? As in speaking of. Uh, 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 people outside of their race And I'm not saying that all people that are ignorant Are of a minority But a lot of times They are um, I'm afraid of white people being shot By um, like an educated minority Like mm-hmm. um, I've had this a lot of times oh, I had a lot of personal experiences with this um, uh, Being uh, like Working in corporate America Where they, they see my name and how it's spelled uh, They have a conversation with me Or they look at my resume And they're, oh, they're like confused Like okay so and where are you from again? Like, and what did you? So how did like they? they I, I, oh, <laughs> I was like, they want to ask me. So how did you work here? Like, like how do you? I, 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 how old are you? <laughs> did like, you really work here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No. I think I made up my resume like Jeff Winger. <laughs> like, 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 I, got, I got a fake degree. <laughs> I had a situation uh, probably last week with a coworker, uh, a new job or whatever. Like, I'm like number two. At a job to the boss, to the big boss. So I was talking to to my core. She's you know Irish, you know white woman from the Northeast, and so she was like, yeah, you know, I was talking to my son. My son, you know, was like, I didn't know uh, Eric was black, and so so she was like, what do you mean? Like because he's nice, you know, you saying you know he has a sense of humor, he's smart, you know, like I didn't know he was you know black, whatever. So. Like my coworker was saying, so it sounded like, what do you mean by that? Like, I don't understand what you're trying to say. Like, like what black people are normally like, not like that. So, and so that's when I, you know, just sort of like, I'm like, wait, this is not a effing compliment. Like, you yeah, just say yeah, it, yeah, and then, like, like, hey, like, how many times in my life I've gotten like, yeah, you're really smart, Eric. You yeah, know, articulate, for, uh, articulate, yes, for <laughs> black people, for, <laughs> uh, for black men or young black men. I'm like, and like. The first two times, right? Oh, thank you. Then, like the third time, I'm like, wait a minute. What? Either you trying to put my race down, or nicely give me a comment, but still kind of put me down. Yeah, you say like, like you're okay, <laughs> but the rest of them, I don't, I don't know. know. Now, 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 my my question is why, why, why? Yeah. Why is that attitude so prevalent? Yeah. In that somebody who's African American who has you know doesn't I, I who doesn't use uh, 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 what was the ebonics who, who doesn't do the things that are expected of him or her why is it how have people developed that mindset in the same be able to say yeah you are you are a, a articulate young black man and you, <laughs> you you don't cause any fear in my heart <laughs> I, I, think, my <laughs> I think I think like, damn <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's pretty much see it's television and news. Yeah. It's like if you see rappers going out, you know, cursing, saying the N word, I've ever word, just spilling, doing real crazy stuff, spilling champagne on one or whatever. Then on the news, you see oh, a dark skinned black man between 
five eight two six two between <laughs> one eighty and two thirty. It's like, wait a minute, you just spoke Where about every, every black man in Philadelphia right like, there. Who is your witness? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but so, Colorado though, he wasn't black. <laughs> so I just feel as though like things like that, like it kind of sticks out, I guess, in mainly white people because I feel like I come across a lot of white people saying that to me. Not, I never came across an Asian guy, you know, a Latin man or, you know, an Indian woman saying, oh, you just want to sleep. Like, no. They, they, you know, we, we will... Oh, all right, example. My, my boss is a Colombian. He's from Colombia. And it's like, I never heard him once say anything, you know, weird or racial like that because it's like we're kind of in the same boat it's like we're both you know a minority you know coming he's really like a super minority because he's you know pretty much from a different country he was raised in a different country and you know he came to America so it's like you know, we kind of see like, yeah, all right, yeah, we here, like, secret dance. Like, <laughs> 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 hey, have you ever seen that picture you know, got in. of um, uh, President Obama fist bumping the uh, uh, Mexican uh, uh, cleanup guy? You saw it? Uh, I was like, yo, that is so racist. Why would they post that picture? That is racist. Why? Just because he fist bumps the. Uh, uh, the Mexican guy, then he's super ethnic. Like, but that's all right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of things is funny that that you brought up the news and you brought up Ebonic. I remember when I was a child and and they first coined the term uh, of Ebonics. I, I think I remember the the exact day because it was all over the news. Nice, like right. this new thing now, they're calling this type of speech is called Ebonics. I'm like, what is Ebonics? And then it was like on the. Um, a comic view was still out of the time. They were talking about, okay, the kids will be learning Ebonics in school, and then they were talking about adding Ebonics to, to, uh, right, uh, the, uh, to the right. uh, curriculum. Right, and then right, they had right. the Ebonics dictionary, and they said that it wasn't a, a, a Webster's that they couldn't keep making it because they couldn't keep up with, uh, with the changes. changes. Like, <laughs> and it always reminds me of um, when Chris Rock was first uh, uh, talking about uh, Barack Obama, I think it was at the Democratic National Convention that year, and he sees, he said they talk about Barack Obama, and they always say he speaks so well, like he speaks oh so well, right, he yeah. speaks so well, and he said speak so well, it is something that you say about retarded people that can talk. He said he, he's <laughs> not about a full educated grown right, man, yeah, yeah. That, like like you can't say he speaks so well because <laughs> why are you surprised? Yeah, he's like why are you so surprised? Somebody said that to me, like he for the same job. I actually called Kevin as soon as I left. And like I was like talking to him or it was like HR at this job, new job and he was talking to him on Skype. So I was, you know, speaking to him. And he was like, Yes, I like how you speak. You speak very well. And I'm, and I'm sitting there, like my face went from like, like I was like, what the fuck? Like what, what are you trying to say? Like I I, was, I almost lost the job. I'm like, what? What? Like, what? <laughs> Ebonics Ebonics did not come from black people Ebonics came from southern From southern white people during slavery Because if you look at it like this Pretty much African Americans Or Africans at the time Was it then know the toying Or then know English So so you hearing You repeating or you're learning from your captors, you're hammering from them, okay, they're speaking in broken English until this day. Someone speak horrible broken English. And so you pick up on that from generations and passes on, just like the N-word passes on. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. Like, so now it's like, hey, it's Ebonics is all about black people. And so no, we didn't originate that. Like, we, we, we came to this country as a melting pot. Like, yeah, and a lot of it is, is about region. I, uh, you know, the southern region, because if you go down south, uh, you'll it, it's almost like the white folks and the black folks almost talk the same way. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. that, it's that I think what happened was when the African Americans came, came up north, uh, you know, back in the uh, the, the early 1900s and mm-hmm. so, they they brought some of the, that culture with them, and it's kind of and since we lived in pockets, it just kind of developed among us, uh, just like it down south, it developed among those folks down there. So it's it's more like a regional because if you go to different parts of the country, you'll be hearing different twangs and, yeah. and different ways of saying things. If you go, of course, over to 
over to England, even though we both speak English, there's a whole different thing. So, yeah, so it's, but but yeah, I think Ebonics was just a big plot to uh, for a couple of university professors to make some money, and, and um, it, it was, and I think it was a serious disservice because uh, uh, even when you're writing about your genre. Uh, no matter if even if it's hood genre or whether it's academia, you still have to write. The, the language is English, and and so there's no getting around that, uh, and, and there shouldn't be any getting around that because uh, if you have it, if you present it in a way that everybody can understand it, then everybody can. I mean, if you present it in a way that everybody can read it, everybody will understand it, and and your audience can can grow whether you decide to write for an urban audience or for uh, uh, upper middle class audience if you're doing some academic work but English is English you know when it comes to writing you still got rules to follow you need the periods you need your commas you know you, you need you know you start a paragraph you just your own form of language right right they say oh they don't understand this is this is me you know you know if, 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 if you go on Temple's campus then we speak this language you go on Temple's campus it's English <laughs> <laughs> I have so many stories, but I, I, like I just except for podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'll just wait because it's it, it, like my main thing is that it seems that as as long as we all identify ourselves as one whole race, like as long as there's like the whole race of black people, whole race of white people, whole race of Indian. Everybody is going to say It's like the same thing as when somebody says Oh he was speaking Chinese Oh it didn't sound like Ching Chong Ching Chinese doesn't even sound like that But that's just what, what, what our people always say And when they speak in Spanish Oh he was speaking Spanish Oh it didn't sound like Like that's not how it sounds like, That's but that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's like it, it's like these uh, uh, it's these outdated stereotypes that, and oh, I can't even say they're outdated because they were never true. It's just that they make these generalized stereotypes mm-hmm. of one mm-hmm. race and how they sound. If you say black. Then they think slang. If you say Asian, then it's that. If it's Spanish, it's that. If you say Irish, is one thing. Then they think like. Have a morning tea. Exactly. Exactly. I wake up everyone. That's the best. Have a morning tea. Top of the morning. 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 Top of Am I the buyer? Am I the supplier? Am I 
wish you I have any priors Once they realized that they couldn't move an inch us That's when they divided and tried to really lynch us Said that my guy said it was my shit Oh, I'ma fall for that old Smith for high shit Come on, man, I'm from a shy environment Exercise my right to stay silent Smoking Bob Marley, but I ain't go well out A scene to the cops, man, no sellout This was amazing. I really enjoyed, you know, to have a fellow African-American writer on, you know, podcast for Jesus. Honestly, I feel as though, like, a lot of positive, there's not good positive African-American writers out here. It's mostly, if they are, they're doing something like Tyler Perry's doing. And it's like, I, I want, I want death to that. I'm not, I mean, again, so yeah, so I really, you know, I appreciate you and thank you. This, this was a blessing. This was, before you go, give our listeners again, you know, your contact information, you know, where they can buy the book, you know, just... Sure. Whatever you want to do, give it to him. Right. Well, thank, thank you. This has been a, 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 it has been really, really good, really nice, and uh, I appreciate you offering, give me the time that to come down here and enjoy the conversation with you all. Uh, uh, the book uh, website is uh, www.readytoplayball.com. Uh, the uh, uh, Facebook site is uh, Thou Shalt Not Steal, which is the uh, the title of the book is uh, Thou Shalt Not Steal: The Baseball Life and Times of a Negro of a Rifle Armed Negro League Catcher. It's available on Amazon.com. It's available through CreateSpace. It's available through BarnesandNoble.com, and at uh, uh, selected bookstores in the, uh, the the tri-state area. Thank you. Thank you. Um, any last words? Uh, cast Thank you for sticking after the first segment. <laughs> it actually made my part easier to come into because we got a writer on deck for the um, whole ebooks thing. And, okay. And, but fun. I really, I really did appreciate all that. And thank you, listeners, for sticking around for three seasons. Well, and stay tuned because. Uh, season three has a lot more in store. You haven't heard anything yet. Alright, and uh, thanks, Vernon Ray, also for coming out too. And uh, just stop doing faces like your sister Jennifer. Yeah, but uh, thank you. So we're wrapping up, and uh, we'll we see y'all guys next week. Because second, we can see y'all through your computers. They hate is my main motivation. Eyes on a prize, no limitation. Humble, still make the boldest of statements. Pen in my paper, soul inspiration. I am inspired. I'm feeling like my time is coming. I am inspired. So I'ma hit the ground running. I am inspired. The gang gotta let him in. I'm feeling like I'm better than I ever I been. Felt I so am inspired. Writing this, hyper just reciting this. Finally to see what I mean. Beat my nice, I spit. Stock rise, prices dip. Strength on my writer's grip. I had these trash bag rappers out trying to recycle this. Steve's a gold brick, they neck to get excited. This hope the competition said they prayers ate they vitamins. They said chill about the blow and ignited them. I'm live from the lyricist lounge. Oh, who invited them? Lace the track up. I'm over here writing hits. My feet planted. You'll never see my Nike slip. Pigs 
fly swine flu, yeah I'm twice as sick Feeling like the savior to my city, word to Michael Fix You know my steelo, balls crazy as CeeLo Unfatable foes with cuts crazier than Nino So rock never Fino, Grigio, yeah he flow Better than you used to, I'm nothing like you used to <laughs> They hate is my main motivation Eyes on a prize, no limitation Humble, still make the boldest of statements Pen in my paper, soul inspiration I am inspired I'm feeling like my time is coming I am inspired So I'ma hit the ground running I am inspired The game gotta let him in I'm feeling like I'm better than I ever been I am inspired I am inspired to ever take another route Main motivation is I'ma make my mother proud Said they threw the game in the grave I went and dug it out Figured I do the right thing, they said I'm bugging out I'm on another cloud, high off life things Touch back down, trust I'll bring lightning These cats stuntin' frontin' like fight scenes They not real, throwin' snowballs to the devil How could you doubt, chill? Shotgun, hop about wheels, what up T? No squares in my circle, the shape of a dope company What the hood made me, I'm what the streets feed me Hip-hop needs me like AC and AZ Hit it down to AC, I'm where the wind takes me I'm betting stacks on black, so JBMC Inspired. It's simple, no preparation or hesitation Sunning rappers for recreation, no perspiration They still sweating me, recipe for the best They waiting for me to blow up, chill, focus this meditation Build it ground up, soon we'll be levitating Close to going postal while addressing hating Round table, you can save me a reservation Hate motivated, don't you dare doubt my inspiration <laughs> They hate, it's my main motivation Eyes on a prize, no limitation Humble Still make the boldest of statements Pen in my paper, soul inspiration I am inspired I'm feeling like my time is coming I am inspired So I'ma hit the ground running I am inspired The game gotta let him in I'm feeling like I'm better than I ever been I am inspired